The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on Sunday. This is Sunday. about the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Oh, guns up. Giddy up, y'all. Welcome to Failure to Stop Night Shift. We are the number one podcast where police meet society and culture, bringing you four hot shows every week. Tonight is Night Shift. Last night was off the cuff with He Big Daddy Dave and Mike the Cop, bringing you all the police news. Tuesday night being Night Shift, true crime. Uh, Wednesdays or Thursdays to podcast would be all the other news so that you don't have to sound like an asshole cop to your civilian friends. I bring you all the news you need. So you have something else to talk about other than dead babies and domestic violence. That show is called Last Call. And then Fridays are our case breakdown. But tonight, it's all about Russia. Bombing Poland. Big government needs big war. I called this two years ago. I'm super excited. I knew we would be back at war, baby. I knew we couldn't go without it for so long. And it looks like, I'm, dude, it is a script. I could have I could have written this script for you two years. I did write this script two years ago. War, big war is coming, boys. Thank you, did. It's time for some redemption. We've lost two straight. I swear to God, if I was Applebee's, no more. You'd be getting no more free meals until you win another war. Losers don't get free Applebee's. I don't feel right. I didn't go to Applebee's this year. Now that they've just said we've officially lost two wars, I didn't go to Applebee's and get my free uh, chicken and ranch bacon grilled bacon uh, chicken thing that I always get. A little avocado dollop on the top. I forgot what it's called, but I didn't get it. I didn't feel like I deserved it, Andrea. No. I mean, why, why would you if you're losing? If you're losing. a loser. I don't know. Is Dude, everybody we, going to Applebee's anyway? Is that what we're still doing? <laughs> does, there, does that place still exist? Dude, uh, I, I went know. Do to... Do they still have carpet? I bet you they do. Do they were they were they a carpet restaurant? Did they have carpet back Ooh. in the day? I feel like any of the um the Americana chain, those restaurants all seem to at some point have carpet. I think some got with the times and ripped up the carpet, some kept them, some stayed in business, some didn't. Can't do it. They still got Can't the smoking restaurant. section. <laughs> they still got the smoking section at Applebee's. They probably do. <laughs> I went to Ohio do. last the, weekend. Like, stained glass dome lamp. Yes, dude. And the the red Coca Cola cups with the the small crunchy ice. Yes, those are the best. Those are yes. the besties. Love those. Uh, I just went to Ohio and West Virginia for the uh, podcast of Palooza with one more. Now I'm out of here, guys. Drew Breezy, I am Pitts, Lieutenant Colonel Shelley. Was an awesome time, but West Virginia and. Uh, Ohio are like 10 years behind everybody else. They still have Shonies up there. They still have Fazoli's. Oh. Do you remember Fazoli's? Oh, I forgot that place. Fazoli's they had. And I saw a Long John Silver <laughs> in Ohio. A Long John Silver. Ugh. Who eats fish that far uh, west? I don't know. But um, yeah. Welcome to 1989, it's Ohio. Fun. It's fun. What's that? It's totally fun. I said put enough malt vinegar on it and it's fine. They got those little popcorn shrimp things where it was like all bread and like no shrimp. It was worth it. <laughs> Oof. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Greg Lamontagne's in the chat. Uh, The bar is open. Listen, Greg, I am fish shaming, homie. This is a live show. We do have a live chat and jobs to podcast. Um, But we do do a live show on the YouTube. So if you're on the YouTube, hit that hammer and subscribe button, that like button. Uh, Greg, we don't kink shame, but we definitely do fish shame. I worked on a deep sea fishing boat for many years. I worked on a fishing dock for many years. I'm going to fish shame, dude. Nobody needs to be eating fish in Ohio or West Virginia. It's disgusting. Uh, But today's show is brought to you by GhostBed. GhostBed.com forward slash Wolfpack. Sleep so good, it's scary. Um, As I said before, I kind of hinted on the the thing. We've got some big news coming. We're kind of not revamping failure stuff, but we're bringing a lot of new stuff to it that's been in the works. We got Jonathan Bates and Drew Breezy working something up. I can't tell you what it is. I'm not allowed. I'm sworn to secrecy. Definitely not allowed to tell you that there potentially is a new show coming out, potentially on a Thursday. I'm not supposed to even breathe wind of it. Not even supposed to breathe breathe a word about it. So I'm not going to say anything of the sort. However, there would be some new cool stuff coming. Um, we are redoing come our social <laughs> media stuff. We got a social media guy on the team that's doing some shit. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's what's going on in Failure to Stop World. And so the book, I know that a lot of people are asking about the book. I gave it up for, for a publishing company and now I'm at the mercy of everybody else. And they're saying like tweak this and twerk that and back it up on this, um, which I will say they the changes say we have made. Things. The changes we have made have been pretty funny. Um, definitely... I, I mean, I'm not disappointed. It just kind of fucking sucks to do that much more work. Cause I felt like all the work on the book was done. And now it's Oh, done. you've had now, to change things? Yeah, dude. Like a lot of stuff. I mean, not anything like change. It's just, <clears throat> uh, you know, they wanted some things Quentin Tarantino'd where they wanted the action up front. And then like a, how did I get here to this point? They say it's really popular hmm. right now. And they say, you know, there's a real, they really want to go at the New York Times bestseller with this book. So they want to hit, they want to make it perfect, uh, which I'm, I'm not opposed to, but it's just a lot more work than I wanted to do this holiday season. So book's definitely yeah. not coming out by Christmas. That's not going to happen. But well, that's um, okay. Maybe it'll turn a- out exactly like it's supposed to then. Yeah, who knows? Uh, as long as I've got enough money at the end that I can go eat a Long John Silver every fucking night if I want to, I can build my own Shoney's with a smoking section, I'll do anything. Can it at least have the aluminum ashtrays that you flip upside down and yeah. smash? Yeah, those are cool too. That's those senior age. Those were before my time. Mm. You got to be in your late 40s to, to have experienced that. Well, and I'm not there. I'm not a good there time, yet. a good time to be alive. Did you you were smoking and so you were old enough to smoke in the smoker section, weren't you? Did you ever <laughs> with the aluminum ashtrays? <laughs> did you ever light it up in a restaurant? In a restaurant? Oh. Did you? No. Were you old enough? Uh, no. 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 Oh. Yeah. I mean, like at I mean, well, I guess at bars, but yeah, in restaurants they were still smoking in restaurants at certain restaurants, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like Golden Corral. Yeah, I guess I could have. Ooh, I don't do that. Don't do that. They have? Do they have carpet? No, I just my kids are obsessed with Golden Corral. So anytime they do something great, they get to go to Golden Corral. So we've been three times. Um, Ashley too. Ashley got their steak the other night. It was phenomenal. No, it's all tile, but the, but they still have the smoking section. It's just not a smoking section. It's just like a section, but it's still like. But it's still oh. the wallpaper still smells. <laughs> yeah. 
it's like it's tan. still like <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah uh people probably still try to smoke back there too like you can't smoke back here <sighs> people are like banging Ugh. fuck america fuck freedom uh yeah uh we're you gonna be speaking russian really? here just light soon. it in the fireplace yeah god i miss those days did you ever though did you ever smoke inside of a restaurant Mm-mm. not even a pizza hut no I feel like no. you would have been like a 16 <laughs> No, but if you're gonna, that's where it needs to be. I could just see little Andre like, in a cheerleading outfit the, um... going out after the game. Everybody's meeting up at Shoney's at the Village Inn. Hell sitting yeah. in the back corner. Pull you sit on the, the um... table. Hitting the little... Yeah. yeah. Puffing. Absolutely. <sighs> but but first, I but but first we had to... So we'd get them out of that machine, right? You'd have to find them out of the machine. Remember the pull tabs? Mm. Remember they had yes. the pull knobs to get the... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Dude, you have pink eye. Your eyes looking a little. Can pink you see over that there. from here? I can fucking see you got pink eye, dude. Can I get oh. it? Like, can you get it through the? Uh, you're a school nurse, so I mean, it's like you probably get pink eye every year. I would imagine. Only if I breathe a certain way through the microphone, can you get it? I feel like I'm getting it right now. My eyes itching actually. My eyes itching. Every military excursion I ever went on, I got pink eye. Probably because I slept on the same pillow and I never washed it. But. Or you got poop in your eye. <sighs> Sniffing them drill sergeant's asses. That'll do it. No, I try not to to celebrate being a veteran this year. I, I did stand-up comedy on Veterans Day at a Veterans Day comedy thing. And uh, part of my stand-up was, are there any veterans in the crowd? And they raised their hands. And then I was like, I don't know. I see like back in the past, if I asked that, everybody would be like, yeah, or whatever. And this year is just kind of like, eh. And I get it. It's because we've officially lost two wars. Now we're all like Dallas Cowboy fans on a Monday morning. We're fans, but we don't want anybody to know it. You know what I mean? We lost on Sunday. Yeah. Now it's Monday. And it's like, are you a Dallas Cowboys fan? You're like, eh, kind of. You know what I mean? Like that's how all veterans feel now that we've lost two wars. That's why I'm excited for one that we're going to go to war with Russia now because I feel like we maybe have a chance at redemption. Maybe we'll win one. Yeah. Who knows? You can't win if you don't play. Are you volunteering to go to Poland? I mean, I want to be, I don't want to leave this world telling my kids that I did not win any wars. So if I'm allowed to, yeah, I will definitely go. I want to win. I want to be a winner one time. I want to say that I was a part of a winning team. So out of all of the ones, you're picking Russia versus Poland. Oh, no, it'll be Russia versus the world. It will be World War Three, right? Like, let's just fuck it. Let's just go ahead and end all of it. Let's just As end it all. Yeah. Let's all just get involved. Let's free to bet while we're at it. Do all the things. Nuke each Do other. Does this t-shirt still exist? Somebody got in trouble. Some basketball player got in trouble for it. I think. Can we? Can that be the new social media face? Like the the frame around your face. Like free to bet. Just free to bet. Can we go back to that one now? <laughs> no. Oh, by the way, speaking of free to bet, I voted today. I did. I'm. You did. I, I voted. So. For what? I like to keep that private, but I did vote, so I can put the ring around my thing now. It says I voted. You're welcome for my service. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, hey, what are we all congratulating Murr 530 on? I'm sorry. Everyone keeps saying, um, oh, I'm sorry. Maybe I shouldn't have said that out loud. 
uh i don't know okay it looks like pregnant? something surgical but good i hope it's no i think but it's good it looks like good news whatever it is so that's great i can't i All forgot right. is Murph 530 a boy or girl i forgot boy boy or girl it's a it's a boy maybe he got his cleotha worked on because <clears throat> uh cleotha p yep there it is he didn't didn't are they still he, counting votes for real dude i fucking stopped looking that's so disappointing back in my day we knew who like won by the end of the night back in my day they were popping champagne busting champs all over the place popping corks getting lit on election night had red yeah. balloons blue balloons Whatever balloons you wanted to have, and whoever won, you were letting them go up. Can't do that shit anymore. It's twenty fucking twenty two, and we can't count votes. I, I know. Russia does. We deserve to go to war again. It's gotten too easy. It's gotten too easy around here for us. Not anymore. Can I throw potatoes at Russia? Not runs? anymore. There's gonna be a draft. Mark my words. Five years from now, they'll be drafting everybody. But can you walk? Gay, straight, bi, confused, don't fucking matter. Man, woman, we're all going over there to fight the Chinese and the Russians. Five years from now. Be like Terminator 4. Everybody first the robots. That sounds fun. It's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. Not as awesome as this cold case that you have for us tonight. Yeah. Ooh-wee. Uh, mm. This is one that is not super obscure if you've uh, watched very much Unsolved Mysteries or, or these types of things over the years. Uh, this is about Tara Lee Calico. She This was uh, in September of 1988. Tara at that time was a 19-year-old sophomore at uh, the University of New Mexico. She lived in Bella, how you say? It's B-E-L-E-N, Mexico. Mm. Um, so... Tira was known a little about her. She was known to be very studious. She played the violin. She was very athletic. She uh, was known to be very organized and clean and keep her things, uh, keep all of her things together. Um, very task driven kind of girl. So she lived at home with her mother, Patty, and her stepfather, John, and she has a sister. Um, so on this September morning of 1988 so we're going to take it back here guys um she was going to go for her bike ride now a little bit about tara she went on a daily 34 mile bike ride so she would bike 17 miles out in one direction and 17 miles back she would get to these railroad tracks turn around and come back this area um i think was populated with around 45,000 people uh it's a geographically a big area but it's um kind of some more vast land so it wasn't densely populated uh, for the area so she's about to go out on her very long bike ride so clearly she was athletic she was in shape and she did this daily this particular day uh she had a date with her new boyfriend she'd been dating this guy jack for a couple of months and she was going to play tennis with him when she got back. So she kind of had a hard timeline to butt up against. So she was leaving her mom's house or her home around, uh, I think, around 930 in the morning. But she wanted to be back by noon so that she could meet up with Jack at one to play tennis. So <clears throat> and she had a class that afternoon um, at 4 p.m. She actually majored in psychology. 
So she asked her mom to come get her if she wasn't home by noon, kind of jokingly, you know, if I don't make it back, come get me because I don't want to be late for my tennis date. Um, so this morning she borrowed her mom's bike. Uh, the week before she actually had, she being Tara, had a flat tire on her bike. And while she does usually bike daily, she had not biked in this entire week because the rain had come in. And so it had been really just windy, cold, uh, or not, yeah, windy, cold, kind of crappy weather. And uh, rainy. And then the weekend prior to this, she'd gone out of town to visit a friend. So this was her first time back on a bike since her flat tire the week prior. This is mm. just kind of good to know because the week prior when she had that flat tire, she actually walked her bike home uh, seven miles from when her bike got the flat. So she had multiple offers of people to, you know, asking to help her or to, you know, throw your bike in the back. I'll, I'll drive you home. And she refused them all and walked her bike home. That's happened to me. I used to do like my wife and I, we would do like 60 miles. We go like 30 miles out, mm -hmm. 30 miles back. That was in Florida where it was flat. You can't do that up here in North Carolina. But I was riding in, in uh, Tampa, Tampa near uh, Fish, Fish Hawk, Fish Crest or fucking whatever that place is out there in Brandon. Uh, okay. I forgot the name of the town. Maybe it was called like Fish Hawk or something. Anyway, I went I went 20 miles out to a Beef O'Brady's out there, and I would grab a pint of Guinness, and then I'd ride back. And one day I got a flat, Oof. and I had I didn't have a spare tube. I had to walk it. And this fucking beat ass redneck pulled over. And he's like, "Hi, man, you got a flat tire? Hey, what are you wearing? What kind of tights are those?" Because I was wearing the biker uniform. I was like, "Ah, it's just a <laughs> it's a uh, it's called a bike jersey. It's called a." Bib shorts. He's like, man, them things is tight as hell. Come on, man, get in. I'll give you a ride. Where are you headed? And I was like, dude, I'm I'm headed back to Fishhawk or whatever. And he was like, come on, then. And I got in, and he, he was like, man, are those things comfortable? Looks like it would be squeezing your nuts. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yep. And uh, he drove me all the way home. And I am to this day, to this day, I'm so glad I didn't get raped by that guy. I Do you think know what else just, it kind of uh, makes me think? What? I feel like we've got a delay here tonight. We do mm -hmm. have a delay. We do have a delay tonight. Yeah. It made me think of, do you remember um, in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, the tractor trailer <laughs> driver woman whose eyeballs <laughs> pop out of her head? Okay. Because that's what I was thinking was going to happen with that guy. Yeah. No, I, I think he was going to rape me, but then he saw how comfortable I was in my own bib shorts. And he was like, this dude came to play. This guy might be a little bit more athletic than I'm willing to deal with right now. Because I was like, That's fuck fair. yeah, man, take me home. And he was like, you know, I think if you go at it with a lot of confidence in yourself, serial yeah. killers don't want to fuck with you. Yeah, I think that spandex threw him off, actually. He was looking at the bulge in my pants. And he was like, man, that's a big old, that's a big hammer in there. I, I want some dick. I don't want that much uh, dick. Okay. Okay. All right. So, um, so she refused multiple rides, ride offers, right? And walked that bike home seven miles. Keep in mind, this is on um, something called Highway 47. It runs north and south. And so a lot of people take that same route, um, coming in and out of town for work so if she makes this bike trek daily around 9 30 again she's a college kid so you know she held down a job here and there but it's not like she had um you know monday through friday eight to five so she could take the time out of her day to go for these kind of mid-morning rides and so in that if that's the case 
probably a lot of the same people are seeing her on these on these rides day to day. It's just like we've talked about before with women and run routes and changing things up. People see you. There becomes a pattern. So this may be inconsequential, but it's just good to know that happened the week prior. So she's back on her mom's bike this time because um, hers has not been fixed. So mom had a pink huffy. It was like a neon pink huffy with yellow uh, cables and yellow sidewalls to the bike. Yeah, pretty dope bike. Uh, Tara was wearing, there's some confliction on her shirt. We know a white shirt, potentially a, a sweatshirt um, of some brighter color, uh, white shorts with a green stripe, um, white avias, I believe, for her tennis shoes with some teal on them. So that's Tara. Uh, do we have any pictures of her or no? Yeah, of course. I, I didn't lots send of pictures them of Tara. Just not hey, not the one. I got um, you. I got you, girl. Look at the that. Big boy. So just a picture of her face. So she does Tara. have the. She has crazy eyes, though. I that was the first thing I noticed. She's got kind of the whole Casey oh, Anthony see, no, crazy eyes. I think eyes. she's looking up at the can. No, I think she's doing the 1988 like Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Glamour shot type deal. Yeah, I think it's just her. That's probably actually that. That likely a senior picture. She was only 19. So she's got that feathered hair. Uh, we're showing her, guys, if you're just listening. Um, just average-looking girl, green eyes, brown hair. Um, and that was back in 88. So at this time, we talked about the population a little bit. So she hops on mom's bike to go for her ride. So she's gone for a few hours. Uh, mom's not worried about it. She does this every day. But finally, like 1130 rolls around, 1145. Mom's starting to get a little... Um, a little concerned now. Or not concerned. She's just thinking like, okay, okay, she's running late. She's got that date with this boy. And she knew that she would be a little upset. So Patty decided to go on and set out to look for her. Um, so she woke John. John, her husband, who is Tara's stepfather, works for the railway. I think he was at the time. So he kind of was sleeping odd hours. So she wakes him just to let him know what she's doing, that she's popping out to go look for Tara. Again, not really worried. She's probably um, like, well, she just had that flat tire. Maybe she's got a flat tire again. Well, exactly. So she's just going to go there. scoop her up. Exactly. Uh, so at 12.15, Jack, the boyfriend, actually called. That's the one who she's going to be meeting up with momentarily. Um, just to see where, where Tara was. <clears throat> they said that she's not home yet. He's not too worried either. So Patty knew. Uh, she drove the route that Tara always took. Patty knows this route because Patty and Tara generally would bike it together pretty often. However, a month prior, Patty quit biking with Tara because she felt like um, she felt like there were one or two different motorists that seemed to be stalking the wrong word, but maybe kind of tailing them here and there. And she didn't feel comfortable with it. She stopped. Now, she can't really make Tara stop. Tara's 19 years old. But she was worried about Tara and expressed that she, you know, wanted her to carry some mace or pepper spray or something. And Tara's 19 and like, you know, many 19 year olds thinks that she's probably invincible and mom's overreacting. And so she did not think it was necessary to carry anything with her like that. And so she didn't said Patty does know the route well. So she takes the um, 17 miles out and all the way out and all the way back. So she's now driven her 34 miles um, she gets back and she, she never sees, um, any sign of Tara while she's gone. But when she gets home, she's now, 
she's now starting to get concerned. So she goes into the garage to check to see if her bike's there, maybe in case she's missed Tara or they passed each other somehow and there is no bike. Now she's she's really wondering what's going on. It was not like Tara again, again, again. I'll say, because we've talked about things like, well, you know, when they're 19, you know, who knows? And they could run off or maybe they got the secret life we don't know about and all this. This was just none of this was on track for Tara and her behavior whatsoever. So when mom sees that the bike's not there, she knows that um, it's it's best to start being worried at this point. She immediately tells John that she couldn't, um, couldn't find her. Um, Dave, they, or they drove around the neighborhoods kind of around the area. So John hopped in the car with her. They're driving around. They come back home. They take the garage again. No bike, no Tara. Um, Jack calls again at one fifteen. the boyfriend by now, Tara should have been there 15 minutes prior. So now he's concerned. They say that she's still not home, and he says, you know, I'll be right there. He gets there about 15 minutes later. So now we have um, Jack, stepdad John, and mom Patty at the house. And then Bernard is a good friend of Tara's. They had called Bernard to see if he had heard from her, and he had not, so he comes over. So now we've got the four of them. So Patty goes out again. She's starting to drive around. They're not yet calling the news or the excuse me the police or anything like this they're just kind of thinking okay maybe we've missed her we don't want to overreact but we are we are getting pretty concerned but i feel like that was like so, typical 80s behavior because right i used to go out and i remember this one time we were camping no idea where we were and right. i went to go get ice and i didn't want to come home without ice and i couldn't okay. find any ice and I just kept going to the next door, to the next door, to the next door until finally somebody had ice. But then I couldn't carry the ice and ride on my bike uh, because it was like the extra large bags. They weren't like the typical oh, yeah. seven pound bag. It was like right. the fucking 20 pound bag. So I was like, and I bought two because I was like, I'm definitely going to show my dad that I'm a real man and I can provide so I'm trying to like wheel these two things of ice. I end up having to ditch the bike, just carry the ice. The handle on the ice, a little plastic little handle breaks. Mm -hmm. So now I'm like trying to carry the ice, but the ice is burning my skin because it's cold. And I'm just having the worst time. So I decided to like beat feet back to the, the place. It's getting dark. There's no cell phones or anything. And I remember like nobody came to get me. I end up walking back with no ice, getting back at like eight o'clock at night. My parents are sitting around the fire. My dad's like, did you get the ice? And I'm like, dude, I've been gone for like four hours. I have no fucking ice, no bike, nothing. And they're like, man, why didn't you get the ice? But like, I feel like that's the way it was back then when you didn't have cell phones and pagers and stuff. It was just right. like you, your parents were just like, yeah, they'll be back at some point. I don't think it's right. odd that and they didn't call the police or anything. Oh, uh, not yet. Not yet. They eventually do. We'll talk about that. But at this point, it was just more like mom is getting worried because she, if you remember, did have an experience about a month prior that that just kind of sketched her out enough that she right. no longer wanted to do the bike ride. So she's getting nervous, but, you know, yeah. they're not panicking yet. So so dad, basically the boys. So so dad, boyfriend, buddy, stay home. Mom pops back in the car again. I can only imagine. Right. I feel like I do the same. You just kind of keep going like you stay here in case she comes home. I'm going to keep driving around trying to find her. So she goes through some more neighborhoods. She finally goes up to the south entrance of there's a JFK uh, family campground there. So she goes to the, like the the south entrance entrance excuse me is what is off of Highway 47, the highway that Tara was taking. So it's right off of that highway where Tara's bike route was. 
she immediately pulls in and one of the first trucks there, like one of the first vehicles, as soon as you um, happen upon the entrance was a, a kind of an older white truck. Now there were men sitting on and around it, like the tailgate uh, toward the back of the truck. Uh, at this point, I think we're probably pushing, I don't know, two, two o'clock, maybe three o'clock. And she asks them um, if they had seen a girl on a bike and described here and described the bike. They said, no, they're drinking beer. They say no, but she later just said that as soon as she got home or whenever she talked to authorities, she just kind of didn't, it just didn't set well with her. Their demeanor didn't set well. She felt like their answer, um, they were not aggressive with her, but they just, or defensive. They seemed like defensive answers. And she didn't really have a lot of questions other than, you know, have you seen her and, and, and describe the girl? They say no, they were just kind of uneasy. They were kind of fidgety sit in the truck so we'll just take that hang on to that for a minute so she goes back home now we're starting to kind of scuffle around they call the police officer kirby's coming out to give to get their statement and to get some information um uh sorry so meanwhile she's starting to tell john about about these guys on this the back you know the bed of this truck and um now john and the two guys decide to go out and drive around and mom's at home. So Patty states if she could give the statement to officer Kirby, the boys hop in the car at this point, they do the same thing and they run into the same men. Now they get out and ask them. And at this point it's been about 30 minutes or an hour since mom has been there. These three men, uh, stepdad, boyfriend and buddy all described the men as definitely as aggressive, as defensive and said that, in fact, they all all three of them said the same thing, that these men kind of postured and positioned themselves a certain way as they pulled up as to. Um, OK, so this this old white truck had a camper um, like an old they call it sometimes like a like a like a handmade shell camper, like a shell top, right. Mm -hmm. Or like a, like a makeshift one. It wasn't right. like some pretty from factory one. And so all three men say that the three men on the truck postured and like turned and positioned in, in a manner that appeared to be like they were hiding something. Like they didn't want them to see the inside of the back of the camper, the bed of the truck, or even into the cab. Well, like if the they would have kidnapped that girl, they wouldn't have just stayed around. Right. They're probably posturing because they're like, dude, why do you fucking leave us alone? We're out here trying to drink beer, smoke a little sure. peyote. You guys are fucking around sure. with us. And I think that if police are coming to them and asking them, I can see the uneasiness maybe if they were kind of like, you know, got other things going on. But the first time mom came up and just was like kind of in a panic and, hey, have you guys seen this girl on a bike? If they're on the up and up. I mean, who's to say that any of that's a far reach to know, but I just feel like if they, if they did something nefarious, they wouldn't stick around. Still be there. Right? Like, especially after well, they were like, Hey, have you seen my daughter? Nope. Oh, by the way, she's inside the camper, you know, whatever. I feel like they, they would stay just, for the second pass. They wouldn't wait around. That's just, that's just my, that's just my police perspective. I could be wrong. It's all speculation. Well, you would certainly think. I just, yeah, you would certainly think. I think they're just more annoyed. I mean, as a cop, anytime you would add, like, I mean, you could literally, your neighbor could get raped and murdered. And the first thing you do when you knock on a door, 90% of the time, the person's going to be like, can I help you? And be like, yes, Riley, please. You have a minute to talk. What do you want? Uh, I just wanted to talk to you about your neighbor. You got a warrant, you know, or something stupid or cheeky 
right. you know, and it's like, no, dude, just went, like literally they got fucking raped last night and want to know if you heard anything. You know what I mean? Right. But I don't want to scream that out, you know, just in case you got kids behind the door or, you know, whatever. So I, I get the whole defensive thing. Yeah. But continue the story. I'm 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 intrigued just hearing yeah. what you said. I know nothing about this case. Just saying so far, and I don't see that as being super strange. Sure. On the surface, maybe not. <clears throat> on the surface, maybe not. But did they so, see but, her at all? Did they say like she drove by here on the bike? No, they said they'd not seen her. They said that they had been there since um I believe they well, this isn't they told which I mean a thirty minute discrepancy to me is not a big deal when they've been sitting there drinking beer for however long, but they told Why mom originally that the they've been there since there it is. I mean they're at the JFK camp. Oh so, yeah. I, Campgrounds I are sketchy. We just stayed at a KOA. I know. Campgrounds are sketchy. I know. Dude. We've done stories on those before. Um so they told mom that they'd been there since eleven o'clock and had not seen anything and they told dad and the other guys they'd been there since 11 30 and had not seen anything so that would be the only like real discrepancy and that's not really a big one i don't think that's a big deal um but that was kind of their story but yes you're right they did not say that they had seen a, th a thing at all so mm. basically this is where the case stops um what? for all intents and purposes well this like that's the that's what happened and, and not much happens for a long time, and that's what we're going to get into. We're only 34 minutes into point, the show. How can it be over? I'm just it's kidding. not over. Just but this part, of the, this part of the case is. So when when the eight hours has passed, now they can enter her into the database for a missing person um, in terms of in the state of New Mexico at that time. So they do. Police, everybody gets on board. Everybody's doing what they can when they can. Um, we do know that within... Um, that afternoon into the evening once the eight hours had passed now we have some volunteers and we have some police coming out with search parties they're searching the area they're finding um they're looking from the home through her whole bike route if you're just listening guys we've put up a picture of the original um missing persons poster that actually doesn't say missing persons it says kidnapped stranger abduction tara lee calico uh, it's got a couple of pictures of her and not on a light note, but one of the first things I noticed and is then that the stranger abduction is in the same font stranger as stranger things. things. Yes. What the yes. fuck? I don't and even watch stranger things and I know it's the same font. Well, because stranger things tries to be a bit authentic with their eighties grab and they sure were because difficult to look at pictures. I sent him this photo and we were talking about it and that was, we both say at the same time we're talking about Dude. that font. I've never even um, seen the show, and I know that that's the same. But just seeing the ad enough, right? Isn't yeah. that funny how things get in your mind? Wow, yeah. damn. Mm -hmm. She's got long ass so hair, too. Well, that. so she got perms. It was the 80s. So um, the picture of her on the left, she did have a perm. The picture on the right, it was straightened out. But we talk about her perm a little bit later. But um, difficult to look at pictures as saying he's a forensic font expert. That's true. I think that's a good, that's a good title for you, Jonathan. Um, so we do get a search party going. We get police and local, uh, like volunteers, uh, kind of out on foot. They go through the afternoon into the evening and they go until around one or two in the morning when torrential downpour. I feel like so many cases we talk about, that's what happens. Yeah, it's, like, it's New Mexico. I didn't even think it rained in New Mexico. Well, it does on the night of the search. So, <sighs> dude, this, this happened with in. Dylan Rounds' case. This happened, this happened with happened. the weird missing campground boy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dude, that's so creepy. Like, yeah. 
And a lot of these people vanish in like thin air, never been found again ever. And then the rains happen. And near national park services and things. Near right? national parks and campgrounds. That was a whole separate. So, that was a whole separate show we did, which we need to do another one of those. By the way, I think that one people like that. That was a lot of fun. Fun for for what it is. Um, so we are going to talk about a couple of perceived witnesses people in the area at the time whatever you want to call it we do know, know that for weeks and weeks local state local police state police volunteers they did search on foot horseback uh four-wheelers they en enlisted a few planes to drive overhead or fly David overhead, Osborne excuse in me the, Os osborne's in, in the chat says i hope they use bloodhounds for the search um, Dave, a reason why a lot of times bloodhounds don't get used is a lot of departments won't carry them because it's not like you get a lot of missing persons case. So now you have a dog that's not doing any work and you just have a dog that's around. So it's really hard to justify when you need a bomb dog for all the sporting events that you may have in your city or town. A lot of rural towns that don't have sporting events and don't have need for bomb dogs or bomb sniffing dogs at their airports or at their post offices, things like that will get a bloodhound dog. Um, there's a lot of rural North Carolina agencies, but a lot of the big agencies, Durham, Raleigh, Charlotte here in, in North Carolina do not have bloodhounds because there's just simply not enough for them to do. They they need right. they need to spend the money on a dog that can sniff out things and bite somebody, not just do one thing. Yeah. So that's why you don't For see sure. a lot of. Now my what wife knows? is in the chat right now. She just chimed in. I'm sure she's in the. I bathtub. just saw that. Um, she is a huge fan of this fairies theory, and campground yeah. fairies are aliens. She's uh, all in on that conspiracy. Yeah, we definitely need to do. Maybe we can bring Ashley on the next time we do one of those types, like the missing four one type show. That'd be fun. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um. So. All right. So so they do, in in enlist all these, what they have, uh, to accompany the searches. So going back to the morning of her bike ride, if you remember, she set out on foot at. 9 30 in the morning we have multiple people saying that they did see her uh on her bike all around 11 30 ish which would make that would track for when she's supposed to be getting getting close to getting back home right so there was one particular man named ishmael ishmael was um his story is kind of call me ishmael it's call me ishmael it's very um um, I don't know. It's heavy. It'll make you rethink some things and make sure that you try to do the right thing when you. So Ishmael was driving around at this time. He was following beside and kind of behind a truck that was following behind Tara mm -hmm. per Ishmael. Uh, he said it was an older white truck with a camper shell. And that this truck was following along at a pace, almost like a pace car, to the point that he thought that whoever was behind the wheels, like maybe a dad or a relative, like either just following her, making sure she's safe, whatever the case would be. He thought it was someone that knew her. That's how they were driving. So he can't really get around. So he's kind of stuck watching this truck watch her. Mm. And it wasn't until he was able to get around. And this goes on for a while. And he said, in fact... But sometimes this truck would lag back. So it was still going slow at her pace, but it would lag back almost like 
it didn't want her to feel like that's what it was doing. You know, these are all, this is all kind of his perception of what was going on, but it's interesting. And so he said that at one point he thought that there was like an animal or a dog um, running alongside the car. And when he looked a little closer, it was actually a man kind of crouched down running quickly and hopped in that white truck. Um, he was kind of crouched in a way that it doesn't, you know, he didn't want to kind of be seen any more than possible. So now he's getting a little confused. He's trying to, he doesn't really necessarily think anything nefarious is happening, but he kind of, he feels a little uneasy about the situation and can't really put a finger on it. As he's driving by, he's finally able to get around. And he noticed at this point, the truck, the white truck was a little bit closer to Tara's bike. And he says that he very vividly noticed that the man driving was looking at her in a way that you don't look at your daughter or a family member. So he could see that in this man's face, like he's, he actually specifically said that he looked like he was looking at her bottom as it was like kind of on the, the bike of the seat as she was riding her bike. Um, so, but he second guessed himself and we've talked about this before. We talked about this um, in the, remember like the see something, say something, what case yeah. were we talking about? We were like, gosh, that, that was before that slogan came about and before people really started communicating things. People would kind of just keep things to themselves. Right. This guy, um, he didn't say anything. Ultimately, he didn't say anything. Um, who knows how much it would have helped. We would like to think, I guess, that it would have. But it wasn't until a lot of time went by or uh, I guess a, a couple weeks went by and he hears of this missing case and talks to some friends and finds out it was a girl on a bike where it was, what time it was, and about this white truck that is like this theory. And he, to this day, he says he's still alive uh, and that he basically will never stop uh, looking for that truck. And, I mean, it's it's something that he's had to live with forever and ever and ever. So yeah, that's crazy. if you ever, just if I can give a PSA, you know, like if ever anything is off or we, worst case scenario, you're wrong. That's it. Just you're wrong and move about your day, you know, but, but on the other end, maybe, maybe something, maybe you could be right at the right time and the right place to be able to help something out. So yeah, you don't want to lay so, your head down at night on your bed, knowing that you didn't give it your best. You want to lay down on your bed, knowing that you gave it at all. And hopefully that bed is a ghost bed right now. We love ghost bed. They've been a loyal sponsor since day one. Everybody raves about them. They have super comfortable mattresses that last forever and ever and ever and ever and and ever, uh, and they're made in the good old USA. 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 Say it now and say it proud, because we're not going to say it much longer. We're about to go to war, folks. Better get your fucking war boner hardened up, because it's coming. Uh, every mattress has a 20-year warranty. You can try it out for 101 nights, not 98, not 69, not 99, but 101 if you don't like it. You can send them back. No hard feelings. One of our favorite parts about Ghostbed is that each mattress has that cooling technology so that you can stay hard while staying cool at night. If you get hot like we do here in North Carolina in the, whole, in the heat of the summer, these bad boys are a lifesaver. Ghostbed also offers bundles so that you can get everything you need. You don't have to really think about it. Just choose from their four mattresses and pick your bundle. Whether you just need a mattress and a frame or you want it all, I want it all. I want it all. I want it all. 
and I want it now. Like their cooling pillows and sheets, you can get the best bang for your buck. Right now, GhostBed is offering a flash sale, 40% off the GhostBed bundles where you get a mattress and adjustable base. If you use that promo code WOLFPACK at GhostBed.com forward slash WOLFPACK or 30% off of everything if you use the code WOLFPACK at GhostBed.com forward slash WOLFPACK. Mattress, like $35 a month, zero down, 0% financing. Uh, and that's if you have Lasro Lopez credit. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack and get you some sleep so good it's scary. Now, one thing that I'm excited about, and I'll let you get back to the story, is that Ghostbed always has mm -hmm. the most banger Black Friday deals. And Black Friday is only like two weeks yes. away. So save your You want to get the crazy. gift that keeps on giving and giving and giving. Imagine for a moment, Andrea, that you had a man that you could call the love of your life, a man that loved you for who you okay. were and not just for anything sexual and, and disgusting, uh, but a man that really loved you. And he gave you a ghost bed that then you could make love to him on. He's giving you a gift that you are then giving him a gift back. It's a gift that gives back. It's the most selfless, Is this like a help selfish me help you situation. Yes. Yeah, really is uh, Maybe fantastic holiday gift. Maybe Ghostbed's um, byline should be Ghostbed. Help me help you. I couldn't said it any better. We did. We could have saved that whole sixty second ad read just by saying that. Help that's me. That's our next. That's our next ad read. Help you. That's it. <laughs> and then just chant USA, and it's good. And it's good. Well, you got to get it in, dude. Got to get it in. This is going to be that's a tough great. war. Great. This is going to be a tough one. We might be speaking Chinese at the end, Russian. I don't know. I don't. I'm not going to speak it. I'll die speaking English, but might might die sooner Polish? or later. It's gonna be a big one. Need a stuff now who didn't get kind of. What? Drew says things. don't sleep on ghost bed. That's don't good. fucking ever sleep on ghost bed. Sleep, sleep on a ghost, ghost bed, bed, but don't sleep on them. Don't sleep on they'll them. Get ya. They'll get you. So early on, uh they did find what looked like and then Again, the rain, the rainstorm, right? Got all washed out. But early if on, if a fan they did buys find... you a ghost bed, really quick, there's a fan in the chats. If a fan buys you a ghost bed, do you do you lay on it with them as a thank you? Me personally, or, yeah. or anybody? Like, if a, if a fan buys you a ghost bed, will you sleep with them on the ghost bed one night? Not like um, sexual, just like a just a cat nap. I don't think you're above that. A cat nap? Yeah. Do I have to nap? No, you can get a full gonna, night's rest. Fall asleep with a you can stranger. Get a full night's rest. It's a ghost bed. You're getting. A, you're gonna fall. You're hitting. Like, you're gonna fall asleep. That's a good you're point. hitting that that rim. Uh, yeah. That rim sleep. Yeah. That rim sleep. <laughs> While probably getting a rim job. To be honest with you. I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't avoid that one. <laughs> no, 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 no. Somebody did offer to buy you a ghost bed. This could be one of those like kinky things for you. It's like a OnlyFans. I could except. use a new bed, so. Maybe we can chat. It depends. It depends on who offered. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> now I don't want to go back and look. All right. It's some weird dude with a All white right. truck in New Mexico. In <laughs> a camper. Deal. All right. <laughs> oh, they need to make camper mattresses. Do yeah. they do that? Oh yeah, they make it all. They do. Yeah, because they got those mattress toppers. It's like, it's you like another fucking that, mattress. Huh? Yeah, the next for me. sure. Um. Oh, real quick. The so when Ishmael was driving, saw what he thought was an animal, but then mm -hmm. it wound up being a crouched down man. But but I guess I don't care what happened with the rest of this case. That's odd. That that's odd. Um, in and of itself, 
Brittany, yes. you buy me a ghost bed, I will show you my shoulder all day long. All day long. Um, I've been there and seen it. Not impressed. Um, yeah, what is true. up with the, the dead animal that's... What was uh, it? No, no, no. He thought he saw a dog running, but it wanted... Yeah, being crouched, crouched over man running. Hopped in the white truck. You need to know that man had red hair. He said that his hair was so red that it appeared bright orange in the sunlight. This matters, so just keep that keep that in your noggin for a few Fucking minutes. Fucking carrot top, dude. Carrot top was in New Mexico. That's how he got so jacked. He was just running alongside cars on the side of the road. <laughs> that's terrible. That's, that's <laughs> that changed everything. Um, <laughs> God. Um, early on, they found what looked like um, bike tracks. They would be consistent with a huffy tire. Uh, they were bike tracks. Uh, some footprints, but those got a little misconstrued, I think. The bike tracks, though, did um, – there was like a skid from them as well. Which, you know, some authorities have said it did look like it could potentially be a sign of a struggle. It didn't look like a straight a straight skid like a bike would do. It was more of a sideways um, burn-on thing. Uh, and that was about it. They, they didn't find a whole lot else. Except for the people that I said, multiple people that came forward saying they did in fact see her riding her bike home, did also many of those people individually and on their own would say that they saw an older model white truck behind her. So we're hearing this over and over again. Um, So please listen to this as they search things. When she left that morning, she didn't leave with much. She left though with her mother's bike and her Walkman. If you remember, we all go everywhere with our music, right? So we've all got our earbuds and whatever. Now everybody had their Walkmans. Then if you're not familiar, it was a, um, square case that would hold a cassette tape and fast forward play stop buttons on it you pop your little tape in there and it had headphones a bit smaller than these and uh and that's how you did it you clip it to your little pants or throw it in her bike basket or or whatever and i listen to your music so she had those on uh she had her uh her favorite we don't know for sure the tape that she had in it we do know that her favorite band at the time was boston so Mm. moving forward as they are looking for um, any kind of evidence, anything surrounding this before this big watch out comes. Um, they do find broken pieces of a Walkman on her bike route. Uh, they found a Boston tape, which immediately concerned her mother because she knew that that's her daughter's favorite yep. band. Um, and the broken plastic, there's like a plastic, if you're not familiar, the uh, you can, there's a clear like rectangle of plastic in the door of the, the, the opener of the Walkman. So you can see your tape and you can kind of see basically how, how yeah. much you have left before you have to rewind. Right. So the plastic viewing window was found as well. This was found right inside the South entrance of the JFK campground. Oh, dun, 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 dun. Now were the guys in the white truck, Originally, so they've got a camper shell. I feel like Ishmael would have said there was a white truck with a fucking camper shell on it. He did. Ishmael did? Yeah, he said there was a shell. And then they had the shell dudes at the campground? Well, the shell dudes are the ones that when mom and then the right. other people passed, because that's the, the reason, the only reason they even went to them, it wasn't like they thought, oh, these guys look suspicious. It was that there's really nowhere else to stop and talk to people. No, along I understand that, that. But like, so now we have yeah. a dude that says that those guys did in fact see her driving down the road. 
looking at her bottom as you explained it and then the family went and asked them if they've seen her and they say no well when the family went to ask them this it was right when it first happened so it wasn't until later that we hear Ishmael's account and then later once police are involved that they're interviewing anybody and asking people to come forward Have right you seen this I get girl? that but so we oh. can't go to that campground they never found that. Out. They never found that. They never found that vehicle. I don't know that they were actually camping there. They were just parked there. Like they could have just pulled in and parked. For you a can't just. Hours. Well, maybe in the eighties you could, but you can't just roll into a campground and just park. You know, without the I little think, and, dude on the fucking uh, golf cart that's like, "Excuse me, excuse me, can't park here. Can't you can't be yeah, here without think, a permit." I don't think that's the true but i don't think that would have been a big deal then you know i don't think they were parked right inside the entrance like just on a piece of grass there i hours on a weekday mid-morning afternoon you know like i don't think that's a big hard no you know um mm. Mm. especially 1988 you know i just don't think that would have been a big deal that's it, so, so that's interesting it's interesting where they found that tape but we're going to let's see what else happens. So nothing happens for um, nine full months. So now we're into 1989 and we get into June of 1989. Nine months have gone by. June 1989 in Port St. Joe, Florida. If you're not familiar, that's up in the northern panhandle section. I've been. It's actually a really pretty. It's kind of like a like a reserve, like a reserve part of Florida. It's really uh, not super populated. It's not over like um touristy and that kind of thing it's really really pretty but port st joe i looked it up because i'm thinking florida from new mexico so it's right around 1490 miles so about 1500 miles from Belen, new mexico where uh tara is from so 1500 miles away in port st joe a lady goes to a gas station and when she walks into the gas station there's a van a windowless van that's white parked outside of this gas station. When she comes out, the van is gone. She doesn't think anything about it. But in its place, in the, right in the parking spot that it had been in, was a Polaroid that was upside down. So she just picks it up out of curiosity. And would you like to show the uh, Polaroid? Yes. Yes, indeed, I would. Fuck. What so, fuck? This is disturbing and we'll talk a lot more about this but this is the photo that was found in place of the windowless van if you are just listening um what you're gonna see is really hard to look at it's um a girl age unknown adolescent to teenage years in a pair of shorts and a t-shirt hair and a ponytail you have the assumption that her hands or her wrists are bound but you can't see them they're underneath laying on her hands we cannot say for certain they're bound but that is the assumption and she has black duct tape across her mouth um to the left of her laying in this this picture is a bit cropped if you look at it fully it does look like it could be either a van a windowless van or within a camper shell of a truck it could be either mm. uh to her left lying there is um a much younger boy who looks around nine or ten years old same thing you cannot see if his hands are bound or not but that is the assumption there behind his back and there's black duct tape on on his how face do they know well. that that's a boy <clears throat> uh this picture is it's hard to see the lighting here you can tell when you look at it you can okay. see his little close haircut and yeah it's definitely it definitely is a boy 
Um, there's a pillow there with blue stripes. There's floral blanket. Things um, come into play a little bit. Beside to the right of um, the girl lying there is a book called My Sweet Audrina. You can't see it really well there. What is it called? But that's important as well. What is it called? My Sweet Audrina is the name of that book. My Sweet Audrina. That's crazy. Is a 1982 novel, standalone novel published during so, Andrew's lifetime, was number one bestselling. So, so yeah, so the book itself, we'll, we'll talk about it. I, I looked up the book myself, I read about it. It's oh an odd God. story it, of a book. The story features diverse uh, yeah, subjects such as brittle bone disease, rape, post-traumatic stress disorder, and diabetes in the haunting setting of a Victorian-era mansion near the... Fictivish, fictitious river Lyle. Yeah. Wow. So it goes on and on. It's very bizarre. It's there's death. There's rape. But there's do they think that, that this girl is Taylor is uh? Calico? Well, so that's what we're gonna talk about. Yeah. I don't so know. Uh, if you want to pop that off, I don't want to look at that anymore. Um, I'm trying to go back and forth between the wanted no, poster good. Good. and the girl. Yeah. Okay. Well, so if you it, it we can very do that, well could but be then for I want sure. So. There's a couple things. There's like a curvature of the eyebrow of um, Tara that we have like the pictures of her that doesn't seem present in the picture in the van. But right. it could be that if she's frowning in the van, that might straighten out her eyebrow. There are a few things. Um, so let's let's talk about that a little bit. So the lady finds the, the picture. She calls authorities immediately, obviously. Um, Sorry, I want to see what Drew said. Oh, yep. So Drew just said it too. Eyebrows don't match. Um, that was kind of one of the first things that you can see. It's yeah, but if obvious. you look at her glamour shot on the wanted poster, which we have up on the YouTubes and up on our Instagram, so go follow uh, uh, Failure to Stop or Andrea Uplate on Instagram. You can see these pictures, or just go to the YouTube. But even if you were to say like, look at this glamour photo, and then look at this chick with this straight hair. Uh, they look like two different people anyway. Like she definitely has. I think if you look close look, though, if you look, just forget that her if forehead, you take looks the hair off of both. Her forehead does. Yeah. Look if you similar. take that. Right. Um, you, you, it's hard to tell uh jawline with her, with her chin set on her um, chest like that in the tape, but you can see enough to see she's angular. She has an angular, angular face. So mm -hmm. on first pass, absolutely. When you get a little closer into some things, some things don't seem super, don't match up completely. So, okay. So difficult to look at just said the same thing, shape of the jaw. So it's, there are some things, but um, anyway, so what happened is this lady finds the picture she calls police immediately, right? We get um, roadblocks. How does she, how does she find um, the picture? Sorry to interrupt. How does she find the picture? So when she went in a gas station, there was a van in a parking spot. No, I got that part, van. but like, how did she get the picture? So, and when she came, and when she came back out, the van was gone, but in that parking spot was this Polaroid. Gotcha. And the, it was just laying so there in she the just, parking lot. Yeah, it was just laying there, and she just kind of picked it up, you know, wow. out of curiosity. So. Wow. So, right. So, so listen to this. So they they immediately set up roadblocks. Uh, the people say that anyone who's a witness of the driver of the van says that it looks that the man was um, a man with a brown mustache in his thirties. That's all we really know. The van was never found. The man was never found. We do know. Keep in mind, guys. This was nine months after Tara went missing. So we're into June of eighty nine. 
This photo had to have been taken after May of 1989 because that was the first time that particular film was used in Polaroids. So that was new, um, new Polaroid film technology as of the month prior. So the picture that's there had to have been with past month taken. Okay. So it's not like it could have taken mm. when Tara went missing and, it, you know, now it's an older picture. That really looks uh, like that her, was very, though. very new. The nose matches, the chin matches. The only thing that doesn't really match is the eyebrows. But, man, it's really fucking close. Yeah. So the following month, the show, if you guys remember, there was the show called A Current Affair. And so they would yeah. break cases and talk about new things. Right. So A Current Affair picks up the story and they run this photo. Well, when that happened, keep in mind, this was in Port St. Joe, Florida. This is 1,500 miles away from where Tara went missing. So mom and dad are over here oblivious of this photo and any of this happening. How far is that from Epstein's? So about a month. Fucking island. Oh, in Florida, Port St. Joe? From his place? Yeah, I have no idea. So about a month has gone by. A current affair picks this up. They get wind of this Polaroid that's circulating. They put it on their show. So now it's national news. It's at national attention. So some friends of Tara's family, of Tara's mom and stepfather, see this episode of A Current Affair and immediately call them. You know, they know she's missing. It's been about a month now. And they're saying, oh, my goodness, this looks like Tara. So mom and stepdad view it, see the picture, immediately think that it's Tara. They get flown in to look at the picture more, um, uh, you know, in more detail. Mom said it looks very much like Tara when she's gone a while without a perm, um, without makeup. These I feel like a mom knows her kid. Yep. So, and we're going to talk. We're going to talk about that as well. I think that a mom does know her kid. I also think that you can feel desperation. You can feel hope. I think other things can can blind you as well. Uh -huh. Um. You know what I mean? I I can't. I God forbid. I can't imagine that but I, I think that all of those things can play into it or I, I would think but I agree because I've, I've thought about that a lot as I've read over this I've seen that picture a lot over the years um, because if it's so and I'll just we'll go on and say this there's there's three ideas it's either Tara and this, we're going to talk about the boy too because keep in mind there's another child in there that's potentially bound with taper's mouth but it's either it's either tara and this boy that may or may not be identified it's not it's two other people who've been kidnapped and are being held two other children mm -hmm. or it's just not real and somebody did something really sick and made a fake picture that looks terrible mm -hmm. Th those are your those are your three choices right so and there Remember, HHH in, in the live chat says that she has a theory that she thinks that the kids are related to the victims of Gacy. Be interesting to chat with her on the side what? about. I didn't hear what she said. I have a theory. The I believe of who? I didn't hear. They were victims of Gacy, the clown. Like John Wayne? Yeah. But he didn't get girls. He Boom. had no women victims. Crazy. He only um he only went after and he only went after boys and they were usually um teenagers. They were older than that little boy in the picture. Um unfortunately there are more um sick people than just John Wayne Gacy. And it's terrible. So we knew about the film with the photo after May 9, which would have lined them up right to when they it was actually found. 
So the family friend calls them. Patty and John get flown down to Florida. They take a look at this photo. So now they start thinking that maybe Tara is, in fact, in Florida, that she's been kidnapped, been taken there. Mom goes to us to see that you can't see in that picture. It's really washed out in exposure for what we have up here right now. But there is a little bit of a um, uh, visible on the back of the leg. You, you really can't. It's going to be difficult to see in this photo because I've, I've tried to look at it and I've seen it in other ones um, on the back of her right leg. And there's also a scar on the right leg that's visible in the photo that mom says is identical to Tara. Tara does have a birthmark and a scar on the back of her right leg. Um, and let me just, that book, My Sweet Audrina, if we're going to take this one more level of creepy, that was Tara's favorite book. Oh, dude, come on. There's um, no fucking coincidence there then. If Mama but, Dukes but, but, but says she, that that's her daughter, come on. Go ahead. Sorry. Got excited there. She didn't take it with her when she her bike ride. Doesn't matter okay. if, if Homeboy kidnaps else, so you. Then it would have to be somebody who knows her that knows that that's her favorite book. If Homeboy kidnaps you for what? This is nine months later, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've been in somebody's custody for let's just even say a month, right? Because that's when the Polaroid came out or whatever. And now he's You're making he's giving you items to make you comfortable, kind of. Yeah. Hey, what what do you want? I'm going into the store. I'll get you something to read so you're not just sitting here fucking doing nothing. Can you get me book X? You know what I mean? Then you're hoping, then the picture, then you're making sure that it's in the picture when he's taking pictures of you. You know, like, dude, I've never even heard it. Was that book prop? Well, I guess it was a bestseller, so that could have been. But, I mean, I don't think there's any coincidences, you know? Yeah. Right. Well, that's too many. Let me keep telling you the story. Okay, keep telling me the story. Maybe, Sorry, I get maybe. excited. I get there's excited. A, I mean, there's a lot. No, I'm glad that you do because there's a lot of things to think about in this one, and I go through the same emotions as I'm like going through it myself. Like, holy cow, you got to be First kidding me! First time I've heard. Like, but wait, there's more. Um. Right. So, so let's talk about how authorities deem this picture when you compare it to. To, and we have different technology and things like this now but with what they had then the local authorities are just kind of unaware they're letting mom and dad look at it you know what do you think is it her they actually get in touch with scotland yard in europe scotland yard to look at this photo and try to compare it to pictures of tara to see what their um expert opinion is on this scotland yard determined that yes in fact it is tara based on what they knew and how they knew to um, compare photos. The Valencia County DA sent it to the Alamos National Laboratory. They concluded that it was not Tara. And surprise, surprise, the FBI was inclusive. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Fucking FBI blows. (sighs) Um, I don't know why that made me... Nothing's funny about this, but that made me chuckle a little bit. And the FBI was... Inconclusive. We don't take a vote. Um, so the real quick, the boy in the photo, what happened there is that there was um a little boy named Michael Henley. Mm-hmm. He was nine years old. He went missing in New Mexico. Again, photo found in Florida, but Terry got missing in New Mexico. Michael Henley went missing in New Mexico in 1988. Um, 
so four months before Tara did, uh, his family catches wind of the current affair episode. They see the picture. They think that it resembles. Now, they're not as on board as Tara's mother. Uh, they're not immediately saying for sure it's him. They think it resembles him. Uh, he's been gone, like I said, about four months longer than Tara has at this point. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so they come in. They look at the photo as well. Well, the more they look at it, the more they think it probably is him. However, Michael's little remains were found in uh, 1990. So they were found a few months later. And they were actually only found seven miles from the campsite that he went missing. He had gone camping with his family in New Mexico. <laughs> what the uh, fuck? Another off. campground? Mm -hmm. Which they campground was this one? He, uh, they didn't say. But, but he had gone camping with his family in New Mexico. He had wandered off. Uh, they thought maybe he had been kidnapped and then four months later she was missing. So they, they started thinking that maybe this was related. Then when that photo was found, it was like a whole thing. But actually when his remains were found, they were just seven miles away. And in fact, foul play was ruled out and they're pretty sure he just died of exposure. Hypothermia, something like that. Oh, really? Um, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, um, but so, so that's interesting. So then, and, and that's, so now it's not Michael. We can't, that's not Michael in the van. So now, may or may not have been Tara, but it wasn't Michael. And Michael's family could be Michael. Um, uh. Michael had the same haircut as I did. I had better teeth, but same haircut. He probably hadn't had braces yet. He's only nine. Um, I never had braces. So you don't have to have braces. Anyway. No, you don't have to have braces, but you said that you're talking about his teeth. So, anyway, that's that with that photo. We're going to have a little bit more strange things like that to talk about. So, Patty, um, Patty and John moved to Florida in 2003. Patty held on to hope until the day that she died that Tara was, in fact, still alive. She That, that photo actually gave her hope it's still alive. So much so that they picked up and moved 1,500 miles to Florida, where I think that she thought... Um, Maybe her daughter was with someone who had kidnapped her there. Patty, her mother, sadly died in 2006. So then let's move on. Now it's 2008. All right. So we're 20 years later. The Valencia County Sheriff, Rene Rivera, um, he joined the department the year after Tara went missing. He claimed to know what happened. So he kind of came in, saddles ablazing with this just kind of really got heavy on this case really was at the forefront of press conferences and talking to people. He wanted it to be um, alive and open. He wanted people to continue to talk about it and not get lost in the mix. He said he knew what happened. He said that he thinks that two young men, um, don't worry about uh, it. It's just Amber um, fucking doing I'm not. shit as always. Damn it. Amber, hey, Amber. like fucking Gary. Uh, Damn it. Gary. He's, he said he thinks Just two young men were, this is so Rene Rivera, who became the sheriff the year after, right? In the same Valencia right. County, the year after Tara went missing. So he thinks that two young men were trailing behind her. This is what he's saying to the public. He said, hey, this is what I think happened. Two young men were trailing behind her. They accidentally hit her bike with their truck. They drove off with her and they killed her. So this is very, very specific things to be saying, right? He said um, he alleges that two other men were involved after the murder and may have knowledge on the location of her body. He is now implicating four, the idea of four men, two that accidentally hit her, killed her, panicked, 
ran off with her. Two other men that got involved after the murder that they know where her body is. He said that they do have a case that they have put together, but they won't say anything else because they need to make sure it's concrete and need more evidence before they are willing to charge. These were his words. So That's that would be it. very consistent with, um, well, not what very Ishmael consistent, said. but with what Ishmael said, right? You got this white truck full of yes. full of dudes. She locks up her brakes, skids, kind of her. crashes into them, you know, sure. dies. And that's so, why they're all being super sketchball at, at, oh. the, uh, at the campground. So in 2009, <sighs> but if that's the case, then that rules out windowless van in Port St. Joe. That, okay. that, that window, is that what? If that's Sorry, the case, that like rules Joe out the wind. The, if that's the case that rules out the windowless van in Port St. Joe, Florida. Yeah, sure. The, so the photo, that means that rules out that photograph. Okay, well. I, I'm just saying that because remember how, you know, how likely that seems. So that would rule that out if that was the case. So then move forward another year. It's 2009. The police chief of Port St. Joe, David Barnes, out of the blue in 2009, it's now been... 21 years since her disappearance, 20 years since that first Polaroid was found in Port St. Joe, okay? That we still, it's undeterminate whether that's her or not. We've not identified that. Right. He receives a photograph in the mail of a young boy that has black marker drawn over his mouth to resemble the photo that was found in that parking lot of the gas station. It was made to look like the 1989 photo, which is... So messed up. Um, but then he was mailed a second photo, and the second photo was actually an original image of um, the boy, the the boy that um, had the marker over his face. The Star newspaper there got that same photo in in Florida. So to me, this doesn't scream a lot other than a crazy. It's been twenty years. There's probably news articles about that photo being found twenty years ago. This would be my thought. And you got some rando out there that wants to mess with people like a cat and mouse, right? And he's just kind of sitting in. I don't know. I don't read a lot into those. Nothing ever came of that. It was just a couple of random photos that were weird and staged. But you know mm. how people do, you know, like that's the big article. And I think I think that's just a weird one. But in 2013, and we are going to wrap this up pretty soon, guys, the case is reopened by multiple, I think like six different agencies we got Homeland Security, uh, the state of New Mexico, different counties and cities within uh, fully open this case back up. So now we have a deathbed confession. Um, a man named him, Henry Brown. So back in 88, he was living there in Bell, New Mexico. He made a deathbed confession um, in 2013. Uh, sorry, guys, my eyes really are kind of messed up. Um, he called the police in as he's dying to tell them that his neighbor, his neighbor's name at the time was Lawrence Romero Jr. Oh. He and several friends, um, he would occasionally go over there and um, not often, but would sometimes hang out with them. So he had gone to his neighbor's house, Lawrence Romero Jr., down in the basement with Lawrence and his buddies, and they're drinking. Well, Lawrence and his buddies have been drinking for quite a while that evening by the time Henry gets there. He said that uh, they are openly discussing 
Terry, this is very soon after her disappearance. Uh, they're talking about her. They even start thinking that they killed her. He didn't think a whole lot about it, but he looked over and in the corner of the basement was a blue tarp and what they call a makeshift grave. So different accounts are different things. Uh, some some accounts just say that it was it looked like something rolled in a tarp. Something said it looked like something dug out into the basement floor with a tarp put in it. Either way, they call it a makeshift shift grave with this blue tarp. So these dudes are drinking and they're kind of like uh, being silly and gallivanting, gallivanting around about this. They say that they did kill her. They said that um, what happened was it says Romero, this guy named Dave Silva, another man with red hair. What? Remember Ishmael's account? Yeah. So another man with red hair said that the body was Tara's. These are the three guys there. He didn't know the red hair man's name, but there's Dave Silva, Lawrence Romero Jr., this red hair dude. They say that's Tara over in the corner in that tarp. They said that those three and this man named um, Leroy Chavez were in the truck. So four of them were in the truck. Do you remember that police chief that came or the policeman that came in saying that there were four involved mm -hmm. he said that they were in the truck they tried to get her attention while she was on her bike but accidentally hit her what did that policeman say mm -hmm. uh they took her away and they raped her they said that she fought really hard um she fought really really hard and that she survived all the things they did to her and she was screaming at them and said that she was going to go to the police and when she threatened going to the police, three of them held her down and Lawrence Romero stabbed her to death. Or this Damn. is what Henry, this is what Henry on his deathbed is saying that they told him that day in the basement or that night in the basement. Um, so did they originally find they hid these guys? Originally they hid the body in the brush mm -hmm. where they were. So maybe at the campground, right? Who knows? We don't know this, but let's just think about that. Um, but they, the searches started and they had to move her. So they put her in the basement, at least for that amount of time. They did threaten to kill Henry if he told, and he said that he fully believed that they would. But then they said they got away with it because Lawrence Romero's Jr., his father, Lawrence Romero Sr., was police chief of Valencia County Sheriff's Department at that time. Whoa. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. So the story goes that his father, the chief of police, and the fathers of these other men, these other young men, all got in on it and covered it up. They said the boys, as they were joking and drinking and talking about it and almost kind of bragging, said that no one would ever find her bike, that it got cut up and put in a junkyard, and that her body was in a nearby pond. Um in 1991, Lawrence Romero Jr. committed suicide. That was two years after the Polaroid was found, three years after she went missing. There's now a $20,000 reward. You can call the Valencia County Sheriff's Office if you have any information at 505-866-2400. You can call the FBI at 1-800-CALL-FBI. Or you can I'd go call online. Scotland Yard before I call the FBI. Or you can go, agreed. Or you can go online at tips.fbi.gov. Damn. So, That's what do you think? Crazy, dude. Now the van seems less likely, right? The picture in the van. Well, I think the mom hoped, but I do think like, to this, like I said, she moved to Florida. She thought, and 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 um, yeah, Tara's but I mean, brother like, said that. 
I don't know. You know, it's like I know my kids and I know if it's a picture of my kids or not. I'm not. I think that if it's a picture of your kid, you're going to know it's your kid. Yeah. I think if it's not your kid, but it looks like them and you just need to, to take another breath in your life, you need to know that they're alive. I guess. I think your mind can play tricks on you. I don't know, you know, God, for I have something I never, ever, ever know and that none of you ever know, but I... But I feel like if they hit her with a bike and they saw skid marks, wouldn't they see, like, other marks and other footprints near the skid marks? They did see some footprints, but right around that same time, the the rain... I mean, you hit somebody with a fucking bicycle, there's... There's going to be, like, an indention where their knee goes down, an indention where their elbow goes down... You know, there's going to be things. I think, do we lose Andrea? Do we lose me? I don't know. Which one can you hear in the live chat? Can you hear me? Or am I the one that's lost? Nobody's responding. I guess it's probably both of us. Can you hear me? Oh, hey. Were you gone or was it me? I thought it was me. I kept talking like <laughs> I right. pretended like y'all could hear just in case, but I couldn't see anything. Yeah, I couldn't hear you. Um, anyway, all I was saying is that the skid marks aren't necessarily vehicle to bike. I get wreck it. skid marks. It's more like it looks like maybe she stopped and then there was a struggle. To say, right. I just know that it's interesting that in 2008, Renee Rivera, the that joined said basically exactly what these guys said. I mean, I guess right. you could conversely say this man that's on his death bed. Did he hear this police officer say that and then concocted some store bed to match that? Well, how did Renee Venera um, get a hold of that information? At the end of the day, it would make sense. We don't know. Would he have gotten it from this, you know, potentially corrupt sheriff? The, the LEOs gave him the green light. What is the what does the sheriff in uh, New Mexico say? Well, I don't think that's told him, but I think I think that people talk, and I think that you know I I don't think that secrets are necessarily hidden as well as you know people would think, in in a department like that and that town. Um, uh, no. dude, I didn't put that up. Can you hear? Can hear what? you not shoulders? I didn't put that comment up. Can hear you not, shoulders. I didn't put that up. Somebody else did what? that. The chat. I didn't put it up on the, the screen. I put Somebody up. That. Are we oh, available? You put it up. Duck, oh, ducky. I didn't mean to. Oh, I didn't know I could I do that. that oh, I can do that? What? <sighs> Damn it. Fucking letting ladies. Uh, oh, that's really exciting. I didn't know I could do that. All right. For those of you who are left in the chats, that was a crazy story, by the way. I have questions like, do they not have enough evidence to pull? Oh, well, I guess the guy committed suicide. So, uh, we'll never yes, know. Yes, in 1991. For those of you just listening and still staying with us, uh, and there's a bunch of you still in the chats, maybe a record for this long. Right now, Rip Pack has a new Wolf Pack only. They have 1,000 packages of a Wolf Pack only vanilla mint flavored Rip Pack. And I think it's 15% off right now. If you use the promo code Wolfpack, 
It is only for the Wolfpack. For those of you who don't know, Ripack has been with us since the beginning. Uh, yes, yeah, 15% off. They've been with us since the beginning. They sponsor my kids and their skateboarding adventures. They, uh, It's a Marine Corps veteran-owned and operated company. Uh, this is a self-sustaining teeth brushing system. It's 10 bucks. You pour the package in your mouth, blows up like Pop Rocks, and you can wash your mouth without toothbrush or toothpaste. Um, and swish it around and spit it out uh, so that if you're going hiking, if you're deploying to Russia and Poland, which a lot of you will be very soon, you can take Rip Pack with you. You don't have to pack out the um, the toothpaste. You don't have to pack out the toothbrush. And uh, a huge supporter. I think it's like, I want to say you get 15 packages for 10 bucks or 30 packages for 10 I can't remember what it uh, is I for think 10 so. bucks. It's something like that. It's a lot. But it's a new Wolfpack only. So when you get it shipped in the mail, it's all branded for the Wolfpack. Like different bag, different everything. So super cool. It's a great gift for any of your backpacking friends, your hunter friends, first responder friends. You have that coffee breath. You throw it in there. It's a great stocking stuffer. It's a $10 stocking stuffer. There is 1,000 packages made just for the Wolfpack. Buy it. Use the promo code Wolfpack. And then share a picture of you buying it with the Wolfpack. This is going to be huge, especially going through Black Friday. They won't. They will sell all thousand of those by Black Friday for sure. Um, so go and check yeah. out uh, Wolfpack. Uh, check out RipPack.com. All right, dot com, and get your Wolfpack only vanilla mint Rip Pack uh, teeth brushing system. My kids fucking love it. Uh, we just traveled on the skateboard trip where we traveled. Literally up and down my the East Coast. My kids do too. Your kids like it. I forgot your kids use are up on that rip pack. So we've got a skate contest Saturday. Um, we're staying in yeah, the hotels Friday night, so they'll be rip packing it up Friday night before bed. Rip packing it up Saturday morning before we go to this contest. Um, and, and it's it's it comes in handy because I don't have to pack toothbrush, toothbrush and toothpaste for each kid. I just throw the rip pack package in the in the suitcase and I'm done. Because I got four kids, so it's a lot of toothbrushes. It's a lot of toothpaste. Not anymore. Not anymore, Satan. And it does come, the packet comes a little tiny. What? Nothing. I didn't say anything. Is there a ghost? I was going to say the package comes with a little, um, like a tiny little. Oh, yeah, the little toothbrush, a little wooden one. You're breaking up so much, and there's such a delay. It's yeah. hard. It's hard. But I know what you're saying. Well, oh, I'm um, so sorry, everyone. It's okay. Mick, Micah McFowl says, Night, Andrea. Good luck, little transies. Yes, good luck. I will be on for last call. No, he said tansies. He did not call your children. Oh, uh, you're right. He did not call them transies. Um... We will be live tomorrow for the paid subscribers only. If you want to be a paid subscriber and you want to join in the live chat behind the scenes tomorrow at noon, I will be doing last call behind the scenes. I always start 15 minutes early and just engage the chat for 15 straight minutes. If you want to do that, become a paid subscriber through our YouTube. It gets you access to our Discord. Just totally getting revamped. Um, and there's going to be uh, people that are given responsibilities in our discharge our discharge, our discord to run some social media stuff. And well, I mean, we're doing like a whole overhaul. We're going all in for the new year. We want to have all this in place by January 1st. Lots of big things happening. Maybe even a black Friday announcement. 
But um, uh, for everybody who's joined in, this is Failure to Stop Night Shift. Until next time, guns up, giddy up. That would be your cue to say good night, y'all. <laughs>